Stampede. January is at number 90, recorded 321 2021. There's lots of reasons to believe something is wrong. And I don't just mean going to Washington, D.C. and finding semi-permanent barriers surrounding the Capitol building and U.S. soldiers standing guard, making our government appear to be an armed camp. No, coming to D.C. to see the cherry trees blossom isn't going to be the same. But... If that's all Americans are concerned with, you'd think normalcy could still be achieved. Then again, as I've been telling you, something is wrong. And it's maybe that over 500,000 people have died in a little over a year from a virus that could have been manufactured. 
or with millions infected and dying worldwide. No, we have vaccines that can combat this plague. So, as the propagandists keep telling us, we can get back to normalcy. But that might not be the only thing that makes me think something is wrong. Our government is in debt to over $27 trillion, and our politicians keep telling us our economy is doing just fine. The stocks on Wall Street keep making new record highs, even though hundreds of thousands of small businesses have permanently closed because of COVID-19. Some people keep saying this is a crisis, while others are saying we'll just send money to everyone. The Labor Department says there are 10 million people unemployed, but that number could be much higher, especially if money has to be sent to everyone. Doesn't that mean something might be wrong? Or is that the new normalcy? What about interest rates at nearly 0%? Isn't that an historic event? Well, yes, it is. Economists keep telling us there's no inflation in the economy. But guess what? That isn't exactly why interest rates are at nearly 0%. Free money has been spread around, and it's fueled the stock market, where earnings are sometimes non-existent. Let me repeat that, where earnings are non-existent. Yeah, something is wrong. So what do you think will happen when the Federal Reserve begins raising rates?
Free money is the new normalcy. But even if everybody gets back to work, maybe the things people do or make aren't going to be wanted. The consumerist economy is based on buying or servicing stuff. But nationwide, maybe the incentive to do that no longer exists. To put it simply, maybe people are just used up, burned out. And I don't mean economically. I mean the incentives to go out shopping aren't of interest anymore. If for some reason you can't be motivated to go out and buy new stuff, things can become confusing in a society. People start substituting one desire for another. If they lose their compulsion to buy new things, they start thinking about entertaining themselves in other ways. And what could excite a whole new generation of youth? Well, put that car in reverse and start destroying. What about just getting some friends over to party tonight and put some cars on fire? A common refrain, let's get it on. Consuming could bring a brand new need, the need to start breaking things. Of course, this could bring a new perspective on how we want to live. The people who built the consumerist world aren't about to allow what they believe in to be destroyed. So you can expect to see our future with increased forces employed to stop the disorder. Repression against destruction is what America's future is moving toward. Forget about creating something beautiful. And in history, that's not an uncommon event. Consumerism has bred a new generation that want to destroy, and they do it without purpose. See a window, break it. Encounter an elderly person, beat him. Catch another living thing, kill it. Destroy a work of art. These are all expressions of hatred and rage, and before long, American society will use whatever force to combat this threat. The war between the destroyers and the consumerists is rapidly coming, if it isn't already here.
The people at the top, the one percenters, think they know how to put a stop to the youth of America creating chaos. Just catch those little rascals who have their heads screwed on wrong and put them in jail. But you know what'll happen? Like that old saying, if you go to the hospital, there's a good chance you'll come down with a disease. And if you lock up kids destroying the cities of America while they're incarcerated, information will spread like wildfire. And those kids who like smashing windows will learn from more savvy inmates how to build a bomb. So when they get out of jail for throwing a brick through a window, they have had a higher education. They now know how to throw a bomb at a police station or at an electrical power station. Punishment has a strange way of producing results. What you've got here is a vicious circle of violence and distrust. It's really only a small portion of what consumerism is bringing to this country. And when it comes to distrust, well, automatically, everybody starts blaming everybody else for what's happening. You see it already with members of Congress saying it's the fault of white males for what is wrong with America. When things really turn bad, you have to blame someone. And that usually is the way you deflect attention away from your own culpability. Take, for example, what some people are advocating for. Equity. Let me say this about equity. It's nearly impossible to achieve. There is no equity in nature because nothing is the same. And it certainly isn't achieved by some artificial standard. I don't like bringing this up, but today the National Basketball Association, the NBA, is disproportionately composed of black basketball players. It's true, in the past, professional basketball teams originally were all white, but today they're disproportionately black. And if true equity is to be achieved, a larger number of white players should be placed on professional basketball teams, no matter their ability. Statistically, if you're a good basketball player, you're hired and paid a lot of money, not because of your color.
The fact of the matter is, everybody is different. Nobody is the same. And to emphasize, there is an Oriental culture, a white culture, a black culture, a Native American culture. There's even within European culture, an Italian, French, Spanish, Swedish, Irish, and Scottish cultures, and so on and so forth. Within Africa, there are lots of different cultures. There's a different culture among religions. The culture of the Catholic Church is not the same as the culture of the Mormon Church. Between Arab Sunni Muslims and Persian Shiite Muslims. So I take offense when someone says some people are better than others. People should be treated with respect. But arrogance is a common fault among people. Some would say they're better than others. In fact, there are people who would say, if you want to get along, be like us. In other words, the more you become like us, the better things will be for you. But then again, there's lots of resentment toward people selling out their own culture, buying into behaving like they're other than who they are. This usually revolves around language. If you speak in a certain way that identifies you as belonging to a certain culture, well then, some would agree you've achieved equity when you speak like someone of a different culture. But that may make some people say, you've lost your identity. Equity is a way of losing your identity because no one is the same. Take, for example, when Al Jolson performed in blackface, lots of people think that was offensive. A white man trying to act as a black performer. Or turn the other way, Michael Jackson bleaching his skin white. There are lots of examples of equity for black people acting like white people. And there are lots of black people who don't believe black people should behave as white people. And maybe even say white people should behave like black people. That's a form of equity, too. But consumerism has made us all the new slaves.
To say you're in favor of equity is a political choice, but it's nearly impossible to achieve. In fact, promoting equity can result in violence. Equity doesn't exist in the natural world. And as our scientists have proven, everybody's DNA is different, which makes everyone being the same unachievable. Politicians use it to promote their own goals. If you believe you or your ancestors have been treated unjustly, then you're going to listen to a politician who can promise you equity. As I've been telling you, the human practice of slavery didn't end with the Emancipation Proclamation in 1862. Because since America's economic policy of consumerism for the last 50 years, most people have been trapped, drawn and quartered, used as tools to support a system that has made you nothing more than a slave. Now, maybe some people wouldn't mind equity for a time when their ancestors were picking cotton for white folks. But that doesn't look like what's going to happen. You see, today, your prime motive for getting out of bed is to go out and get more stuff, while our government has been digging a very big hole. In fact, it's not like a dog in your backyard digging lots of little holes in the ground. No, what our government has been digging is a hole so wide and deep you can't see the bottom. And guess what? They don't even own that hole in the ground. They've got better things to worry about, like making equity. It's not making whoopee anymore. It's making equity. And boy, oh boy, it's not going to be delivering slices of pizza or coming up with 40 acres of land and a mule. If you weren't aware, slavery and European indentured servitude were a common practice for thousands of years. And the Ottoman Empire practiced it openly even up to the early 1900s. And there is still the open selling of human beings in parts of Africa. Equity's attempt to make everything better doesn't exist in the natural world. And the politicians that keep saying they can offer you a better future with it are only using you. They don't want you to see the hole they're digging for you. Oh, come on, let's have equity for everyone. I'm in favor of bringing the one percenters down to the 99 percenters. But that could be difficult to achieve.
This week on Garner Isn't, you first heard Vangelis' incidental music to the 1982 movie Blade Runner. Main title, Lyrics with Harrison Ford. Then you heard Bernard Herrmann's music to the 1952 movie The Day the Earth Stood Still, followed by Jerry Goldsmith's music to the 1968 movie Planet of the Apes, and finally, more Blade Runner music. First, Blade Runner Blues, and then Blade Runner Love Theme. Stampede, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.